I'm Frank Garza, and welcome to Here and Abroad, a podcast that follows the U.S. men's national team and their player pool across Europe, MLS, or wherever else they play their club football. It's been just over a week since the USMNT won their two-legged Nations League quarterfinal against Trinidad and Tobago. With that win, they advanced to the Nations League semifinals and also qualified for the Copa America next year. The team won't play again in 2023, and so I thought it would be a good time to look back on the past year and discuss some of the highlights, some of the things that went well, and maybe some areas where we'd still like to see some improvement. To help me talk through those things today, I've invited Brian Shredda to join the show. Brian is a writer at American Soccer Now. His work also appears in various newspapers across the country, and he's a frequent guest on Talk Sport and Sirius XM. Brian, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me back, Frank. I appreciate it. So I want to just start with maybe some some positives. Um, I'd like to hear what what you think the high point was for this USMNT in 2023, whether it was your favorite moment, whether it was their biggest accomplishment. I mean, what stands out to you as as the high point for for the team in the past year? I mean, I think winning the Nations League again was clearly a high point for this team. You know, after that, it it, it gets kind of um, murky in in terms of, uh, of like a second cycle under the same coach kind of routine where it doesn't. It seems like uh, there's not much change going on, but the you know winning the Nations League uh, um, final against Mexico, and then oh the the semi against Mexico, excuse me, and then the final against Canada. I think that those were 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 very good things for the team, and uh, and now it's it's really just um, setting the stages for 2024, where you have um, the Nations League again. The Copa America and the Olympics. So, you know, it's a busy year in 2024 where we're going to learn a lot more next year uh, compared with um, this year. This was kind of a, uh, you know, this wasn't as an eventful year as, as next year will be for sure. Yeah, it did feel like everything's kind of building up towards, towards you know, next year. But I agree with you. The high point for me, and, and I'll break it down even like a more specific point, but it was that it was June 15th that Mexico Nations League semifinals where, you know, I'm always fired up when the U.S. is going to play Mexico in an elimination game. And, and so there was that kind of excitement all day. And then, you know, during the pregame, during the warmups is when it leaked about Burhalter, you know, getting rehired. And so that's kind of going on at the same time. And then we beat Mexico thoroughly 3-0. And so that was a, that was a fun night for me uh, in the past year. Yeah, it was um that was certainly um uh, uh you know eventful. It was like news was coming in all over the place. You know, and, and uh look, I mean for the most part I think it was a it was a little bit of a tougher year in terms of maybe not so much the team, but you know, I don't think it was a positive year in terms of um club performances and and, and stuff along that regard. You know, it just kind of sets up, um, you know, a 2024 where, you know, you, you, you got to start seeing some more progress at the club level. That's really apart from the full national team, and whether it be in central defense, you know, too many guys are not playing and too many young guys aren't emerging. And where are the minutes going to come for some of these people? There's really not as many, you know, young players who are really excelling for both club and country, you know, it's, it's, you know, the closest are like Pulisic and Anthony Robinson, 
besides that, it's it's kind of just, you know, it's a little lackluster right now. Moose is starting to change things a little bit. But, you know, we'll see moving into 2024 whether players can find that that sweet spot where, they're, you know, they're, they're quietly doing well for both club and country. That was when the U.S. national team in previous years was always at its best, when guys like Boca Negra and Chirondolo, and you can kind of make like a long list of players where there was that kind of continuity and consistency. You know, we, we really haven't seen that yet from this group of players, and, and it makes things tough to predict when you don't know what kind of form they're going to enter into when they, uh, when they join the full national team for any specific camp. Yeah, and so, yeah, I definitely want to spend some time kind of looking ahead to you know what needs to improve, um, you know, for next year. Before before we do that, let me ask you a few more things about this past year. I mean, if you if you had to identify maybe an area of growth for the team in twenty twenty three in the past year, what's an area you think you saw some growth? Yeah, I think that they were starting to get um, settled uh, in in the striker position pretty well. You know, it was always a lot of turnover there. You know, I think uh, when you look at, like, turnover, you know, they they didn't know if it was going to be Sargent or Ferreira or Haji Wright or Pifak, you know, in in, in last year. And, and right now, you know, I think they've, for better or for worse, at least they've settled in on – on a group, you know, the Balogun and Pepe duo is kind of bring some kind of continuity and consistency to it. You know, it's still not perfect. Balogun seems like he still has a long ways to go in t- terms of developing chemistry with this team, and Pepe still needs has a ways to go before he gets regular minutes with PSV. But at least it's some kind of uh, continuity and consistency with that team. And and then obviously too, another good thing is that Christian Pulisic. You know, regardless of whatever's going on with his club team, still seems to be uh, a guy who delivers in big games for the national team, and uh, whether it be that you know that Nations League final or even in the friendly against Germany, you know he he still is that guy that you want to have out there on the field. So you know, despite whatever's going on in his club situation, it wasn't always pretty. So. Those are those are just two areas I you know I think are um, are pretty good for the national team right now. Yeah, it did seem after the World Cup last year that everybody was saying striker was this huge need for us. It was like one of the biggest missing pieces for us to grow and now here we are like a year later and not saying we can't continue to improve there but Balogun and Pepe seem to have a pretty kind of strong hold on, on those on that position. Do you think there's any chance that someone like Sargent or, or somebody else could supplant them uh, yeah, next absolutely. year? I mean, you know, look, it's it's a fluid situation. You know, Balogun had a poor camp, I think, in, in November. Um, his touch was off. He was missing chances. And I think the leash is pretty long for him. But, you know, it's not, it's not like um, something that can ever be changed to. And, Pepe's still young and and he doesn't play for his club or like meaningful minutes. And that's, you know, something that could always change things. And of course, you know, Sargent's going to come back from injury. I think, you know, he could be, you know, an Olympic overage option. Um, Duncan McGuire's doing very well here. I, I think another one you you want to keep an eye on is um, Brandon Vasquez. You know, I think he's, poised right now to make a move to Europe after this season. And um, I think that will happen. 
And, um, you know, with, with Vasquez, you know, it's, it's, if he goes and catches fire and starts doing well, you know, he's back in the mix. I, you know, I think part of the problem is, is, and that's a good thing. One thing you don't want with this team is to have many settled positions. You know, it's, you don't want people who are untouchable. You want to have people that have the feel the fire of needing to perform well to be called up. That's all very, very healthy. And certainly I think there's going to be more scoring options that are going to continue to push those those center forwards um, as it should be. So, yeah, by no means do I think that Pepe and Balogun are, you know, etched in, you know, pen and can never be erased from or to be taken out of the equation. I think, you know, nothing's ever settled for a team that still has yet to accomplish much of anything. Yeah, you're right. All it takes is one of those one of those guys to to get hot, and uh, yeah, that would be a good problem to have um, if that happens. What about an area? You know, I guess being more critical of the team, maybe finding like some negatives. Is there an area of the team that you felt like recessed or maybe stagnated this year, or a low point? Yeah, I think there's a lot of them. Um, unfortunately, probably more negatives than positives in that regard. And uh, before we get into the specifics, I'll just kind of gloss over them. Um, no one's playing in goal. Turner's benched. Horvath is benched. Stefan's out. Slonin is playing, but he's just a kid. I don't think you want to have a 19-year-old as your number one. I think that there's still no backup to Tyler Adams. And now that Tyler Adams, and we knew that going into last cycle, but the only thing is Tyler was healthy last cycle. Now that he's not healthy, uh, you're starting to see some real problems w- with with not having backup options there. Center back is is look. Unfortunately, Tim Ream is you know look. He had another tough game today. Gave up a penalty. I, I think things you know age might of age will eventually defeat him. He's aged very well, but you know that might be something that they might have to realize is happening sooner than later and center backs you know there's just there's just not enough playing options whether it be Chris Richards or um you know or, you know we don't know what's going to happen with Miles Robinson his season in Atlanta wasn't great it's Mark McKenzie still not in the ball with that team as much as as much as they would hope and you know you can kind of go through the list of of Sergio Dest is got his problems i mean he's you know he's a hothead he's been he was sent <laughs> off twice this year um i don't know it's unfortunately for me it's 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 um there's more areas uh, of concern there but i would look at center back as probably being chief among them there's there's just nothing settled back there and then kind of look up towards goalkeeping and back up to tyler those are all pretty serious um serious issues there you know even more so than than Dest. So uh, w- w- they're not getting enough goals from the midfield, and uh, they, they need more competition in some of those backup midfields positions. But, you know, I mean, um, they need more playmakers, and, you know, Gio's not playing. You know, it's, it's, it, 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 you could just make – unfortunately, the list is very long. Let's let's dig into center back, uh, you know, a little bit, because I've heard you kind of mention this before as as kind of a big – weakness or opportunity for this team and there seems to be a lot of names um at center back a lot of a lot of center backs playing in europe uh, a lot of young talent kind of coming up so do you think it's a matter of we don't actually have the talent or do you think it's just that none of these guys are getting regular minutes 
Well, look, I, I, I think it's twofold. I don't think there's a lot of talent coming up in center back right now. I think there's a lot of talent coming up in other positions, but not so much center back. I wrote a big feature about this last month about the lack of center backs at the U23 level, players born 2001 and after, you know, guys who will be turning 23 years old in the next calendar year. There's only three guys in that age range playing first team minutes, MLS or anywhere in Europe or South America, anywhere in a first team league, not including USL, but MLS or anywhere in Europe in a first division league. Um, three guys, that's it. And who, who are those three? Uh, Jalen Neal um, for the Galaxy. He played a little bit for the national team this year early on. Um, you got George Campbell in Montreal. He was on the last U23 camp. And Maximilian Dietz, who's at Gertha Firth in, in the two Bundesliga, teammates with Julian Green. He played for the U.S. U-17 at a World Cup team, and he's also on the U.S. U-23 team. You know, aside from those three, that's it. There's no, you know, there's no other guys playing regularly. So it's led, like, the full national team to kind of really have a stagnant group of, you know, player pool, you know, and, and now with and, – and might shrink as, like, guys like, you know – Tim Ream and, and, and maybe some others start aging out. So it's the same, you know, and then, you know, obviously Zimmerman's 30, Long's 30, Brooks is 30, you know, it, it's, and they're just starting a cycle. So, you know, 30's not a, 30 not old, but it's not a great place to be starting a cycle. So, you know, you start looking at that, it's just the same group of players. And it's really kind of been like this for about three or four years where no one within that group whether it be Richards, McKenzie, now it's trusty. I guess he's kind of put himself in that mix. Miles Robinson, Cameron Carter-Vickers. Uh, you know, this this list is, is this kind of – no one's really emerged from that list to, to kind of stand out and be like, look, I'm I'm the guy, you know. And, and you know, it's just, it's just been a lot of parody and, and no real standouts. So – and unfortunately, no, no young guys are kind of emerging behind that. I think that's a problem with the Olympic team. You know, they're allowed three overage players, and they're probably going to have to use two of those overage spots on, on, on center backs. That's kind of – that doesn't reflect well on the current situation. So, yeah, I, if you want to start with center backs, yeah, I don't think there's a lot of young players coming up through the mix. And it's just – it's kind of led things to be stagnant. Look, I think Greg – Berhalter sent a little bit of a message to Chris Richards by not playing him in this camp because he's it's you know it's like saying look you're good enough to get called on I like you but you're not playing so at all so and you haven't been playing for a long time it's been a long time since he's played regularly I mean because he was injured for the second half of his last season with Hoffenheim so it's been over almost two years since he's played regularly you know there's there's a little bit of a message there and and, and that's a good thing but. At the same point, too, you'd like to be able to have a message backed up by like a whole bunch of people behind him who can't who who are knocking on the door, and you just don't have that in, in center central defense. So yeah, it's it, it is a stagnant area of the team, and something that they they desperately need some new faces. Yeah, center back. That's always a position you know I watch closely when uh, you know the roster comes out each call up and when the starting lineups come out because it does seem to be. So, so unsettled. So we've mentioned a number of players uh, so far, and I wanted to kind of in this in this uh, next maybe five minutes or so do a stock up, stock down on some players in the team over the past year. 
So who's a player whose stock you think has gone up this year? Look, I think um, Anthony Robinson is just a model of consistency for club and country right now. He's the one guy. He's like him and Christian Pulisic are the guys you want to point to and say, we can just depend on these people. Like those two guys are are right there in terms of being dependable and consistently good for club and country. You know, it's like some guys are pretty good for the national team just about every time they're there. But a guy like Tim Weah, look, Tim Weah is going to be 24. He's never played um, a 2,000-minute season at the club level of his career. So there's always a little something missing in terms of, of, of some of these guys, um, you know, in terms of where they're playing and how much they're playing. And well, But like Robinson, I think, is just there. And, and I think you're putting Musa there too in terms of a stock up because his um, – you know, he's made the move to AC Milan, and and I think without question, you know, with Pioli there and, and how he sees him, it's a successful move so far. He's he's starting. He's he's playing big games for them. He's well-liked. You know, he's so young still. I think he's in a great position. So if you want to talk and, – and, you know, I think Christian's move to AC Milan has been a success too. I think those three are – Big stocks up, and Weston's pretty. Weston's in a good spot too. I, because I, just mostly because of low expectations on his return to Juventus. I thought it was, it was leading towards another loan, or probably try to look to a transfer. But somehow he's he's gotten back into Allegri's good graces more than I thought he was going to, and he's having a good season with Juventus. I think that those guys are are stock ups with you know, so McKenny, Pulisic, Jedi, and and Musa, without a doubt, are, are the stock ups. Yeah, if you would have told me this summer that Wes McKenney was going to you know, stay with Juventus, start at right wing back, and then eventually work his way back into the starting midfield, I, I, I wouldn't have believed you. But, I mean, he is, he is having a great year. What about a player whose you feel like their stock has gone down this year? I mean, I think... Um, Matt Turner's obvious because it's just you now he's he's lost his starting job again. You don't know what it's going to take to get it back. I don't think N- Nottingham Forest wants to wants to move him. They need a backup goalie. You know, it's just because. I mean, look, Ethan Horvat's stock is tumbled too, and he's not he's not even in, in the mix of anything but Turner's supposed to be the number one and he had the starting job and he lost it so yeah, I you can't you can't say anything that's positive there I think um you know with uh Chris Richards he had a good nations league but at the same point you know there's the the, the minutes just aren't there at the club level and you know at some point that has to change no matter even if you had a good nations league it's like you can't just keep living off performances that are now several months old or better part of a year old those are guys i think you know the stocks down uh you know dest is having a nice season at psv i think but he's ending the year on a on a negative note with two red cards he'll still be in the mix he's still talented he hasn't fallen as much as the other guys then you have a bunch of guys who were given a chance in 2023 and and and, and didn't take it like Alan Sonora, you know. I, I know he still was called up recently, but I, I don't know if Zendejas is. 
he looks like he's a guy who could be pushed out if someone starts getting hot. Alan Sonora was they they tried to give a look to, and I know he was a popular choice for some, and he didn't really take it. So those are all stock downs, but I think you got to look at the guys who clearly they want to be part of the program, you know, and 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 big big parts of the program, and you know, and, and you know Turner and Richards and, and and those guys just it just didn't really you know, work out for those guys. And, you know, the door's still open for them for to, at any point to return to a very, very big role. But I think if you were to tell anyone that, you know, at the start of the year that, that neither of them would be playing and they would be kind of glued to the bench at their clubs, I don't think they'd be happy with it. Let me ask you about a few other you know players I'm curious about. Uh, the first is Joe Scally. Do you think his stock has gone up or down in the past year? <sighs> um it's kind of stayed neutral. Like, look, he was, I think he's benefited, unfortunately, to a really tough situation at Gladbach. I mean, when I think he was not coming into the season as the starter and then starting right back, you know, he lost his job at the end of the season. Last season, he didn't play the last five games. And then, um, the, you know, the starting right back ended up getting leukemia right before the start of the season. And uh, it pushed Joe back into the starting job. You know, it, it was a really a sad situation, but I mean, so he's he's kind of come back in. He's done okay. He's had some good performances, some not good performances. Um, you know, it's been a tough season for Gladbach. They don't have much money. I don't know. I mean, he's the right back. He's the backup right back right now, and, and left back, but and, and a left back option. But you know, he he's a guy who could be overtaken if you know if someone else gets hot and, and does well. You know, he's another one of these these unconvincing you know backups that you know I think need to be challenged more on the U.S. national team. Like guys like him, Luca De La Torre, other guys along those roles who who need to feel some kind of pressure. But yeah, I think it's really neutral to say. But it could have been worse. Um, but you don't want to say like it's been a great situation just because the situation why he kept starting is, is so sad. Yeah. What about Malik Tillman? Uh, you know, uh, and I think it's moderate, you know, more of the same, uh, you know, he still hasn't grasped the starting job at PSV, but PSV's perfect on the season. He's had some good moments in, in the era divisie, but one more PSV is so much talented, more talented than everybody else. I mean, where they got perfect 39 points from, 13 games um, to start the season. That's pretty outstanding. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, he's looked apart in some of these Eredivisie games, but, you know, and sometimes he looks really, really good out there. He just needs to get consistency and he needs to play more. I mean, again, stock neutral, it's neither up or down. I, you know, I've, I've seen him playing, well at PSV um, haven't had that many moments with the U.S. men's national team that I think he's performed well and, and that's I'd like to see him start performing better you know when he when he gets a chance with the USMNT you know yeah look he's a he's a guy that I think is um needs to be pushed and you want to see some more guys from the Olympic team emerge to you know like I said I start coming up with a list of guys like Scali, De La Torres and Tejas put Tillman right there in terms of guys you want to see on that Olympic team be hungry and want their chances and want to use it and, and, and make the most of their opportunities, you know, and, and Tillman's a guy, you know, look, unless he 
really starts making the most of some of these opportunities and someone on the Olympic team goes to Paris and, and starts lighting it up, like, especially in the attacking midfield, like, you know, there's, it's not, he's not in an untouchable position on the national team. So, you know, he, at some point in 2024, he's really going to need to put it together. Okay, so you mentioned the you know the Olympics. We've talked about that a few times. Let, let's let's kind of talk about these next um, you know six seven months ahead of us. You know we have you know two big competitions: the Copa America and the Olympics. You know coming up in those six to seven months. I mean, yeah, and the Nations League too. Yeah, and the, and the Nations League. Um, what do you think needs to like change or or improve with the team as we get ready for for those competitions? Well, Berhalter's been pretty clear, and, and I like this, that, you know, he wants the the player pools to between the Olympic team and the senior team to kind of merge after the Olympics, which would be kind of in September. He wants to take, I think, you know, the best, you know, the, right now they're trying to fill out two rosters, and, you know, then it's going to come down to one roster after that. And, um, you know, he wants to see more internal competition, you know, look, the 2022-2023 European club season wasn't good for American players by large part. You know, and and I think what he wants is, you know, these more good players and better situations to choose from and less automatic players and less guys who are completely secure of their spots. I think, you know, you need more internal competition. I think you saw it at the World Cup last year when Berhalter was really – you know, he set, he was set on his 11 and then maybe a couple subs after that. And it got like 13, 14 deep, you know, he needs to get it up to into like 20, 21, 22 guys that he's really comfortable with. And, you know, you're going to need more pushing and, and, and more competition and, and reasons why, like the like guys who are just starting, you know, they're called up just because they're playing and whether regardless of whether or not they're playing well, it's like, you want to raise that bar in terms of having, you know, like more inform and, 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 you know, and, and impact level players to choose from, you know, and then you, you, you just need to get some guys that he really likes on the field. That's really what he just needs to see. And you got to hope the Olympics kind of light the fire in terms of, you know, expanding that player pool. It's very, very important to do so to have a, another kind of global competition like that. Um, you know, these Olympics in the Copa America are going to test our youth and our senior national team outside of the CONCACAF borders, both within the matter of two months of each other. That's just a tremendous opportunity to find out, like, you know, who's made of what and, and who's ready. Because, look, if some guy goes on the Olympic team and, 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 and scores a bunch of goals and it really impresses on that standard, there's, there's, it's going to be impossible to leave him off the full national team, right? You know, it's and then that means someone's going to get bumped from the full national team. So you, you want to see more of this is jockeying for positions right now because I think some of these guys are comfortable um, getting called up repeatedly regardless of how they're playing or not playing at all. So I know you follow this Olympic team like really closely. I mean, who do you think are some of the favorites from that team to possibly, you know, have a breakthrough and uh, use that as a kind of a, a leapfrog to the, to the full, the full men's national team? Yeah, look, I mean, I'm going to be in Paris next year covering the team. So, yeah, there's a reason why I'm paying attention to it. I think um, I think uh, John Tolkien at left back is a guy who can really push Lund out and be the backup to Anthony Robinson, which they need. 
I think there's three excellent goalkeepers in Gaga, Slonina, Patrick Schulte, and Chris Brady. Who you know? Look, they play regularly. They 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 play more than the than the than the top three on the on the full national uh, the, the the Olympic options last year. Uh, not the Olympics options. Sorry, the World Cup three trio last year. You know they're they're already you know playing more than those guys. I think Paxton Aronson is a guy that they really want to be you know a, a winger on that team. And I, I really really liked what I saw from Aiden Morris the last couple of months in the playoffs with Columbus. I think that that's a ball winning you know, physical presence in the midfield that, you know, he's still just 21. He recovered from an ACL and uh, you know, tear in 2021. And he won the yeah, MLS cup in 2020. And he's, like I said, he's, he's, he's done a lot in his career so far. I think he's looking for a big move. You know, those are, you know, a couple of guys that I think are, you know, ready now more than others. You know, I think also with, Joe Scali, if he doesn't improve, and you know, you could you could look at an option such as Brian Reynolds, who I think will be on the Olympic team as the right back. He's a guy who could push um, Joe Scali, you know, eventually. So, you know, and, and another one, you know, you don't know if Kevin Paredes, who played for the national team last last window, but he might come down to the Olympic team if he's released and and really get a chance to play a lot and showcase himself. Rokas Puktas, who starts for Hajduk Split. He hasn't made a U23 appearance yet. He was on the U20 World Cup team over the summer. You know, he's a guy, too, that's that's looking very, very promising. So, you know, those are just some of the names I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of with this team that, you know, I think it could be a, it could be a good team. Uh, I'm looking for, And Bernard Camungo, I want to sing a lot, too, because he's just got a great story. And a, a refugee, born in a refugee camp in Tanzania. You know, he's looked good for the 23s, too, and for FC Dallas and just got a great story and, I mean, you know, he was playing make with a makeshift balls until he was like 13, 14 years old, until he emigrated to the United States. So there's a lot of good players there, too. Um, I'm interested to see how it comes together under head coach Marko Mitrovic, but very, very important to the full national team in terms of building up depth to the national team, which, which it very much needs. All right. Well... Thank you so much, Brian, for all that information and for, for coming back on the show again. I'll make sure and put links in the show notes to your X account, which is at Brian Sharetta, and also to your work at American Soccer Now. Before I let you go, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share? Oh, I'm, uh, they announced today that they'll be playing um, uh, Slovenia to open up uh, 2024 in San Antonio. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And it's going to be a very young squad. And um, it's a good way to kick off the year with them. Um, uh, they said looks like they're going to try to go young with that team. So I'm looking forward to uh, I think that's the right approach and looking forward to it all. Yeah, we're getting all these Texas games. Uh, I should be able to go. I was able to go to the one in Austin. I should be able to go to the San Antonio game as well. Good for you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brian. Anytime. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. And thanks to everyone for listening to Here and Abroad. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a fellow USMNT fan. I'm Frank Garza. You can follow me on X at Frank Garza 007, and I'll be back next week with a new episode.